This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I think being the day after the long Thanksgiving weekend, guys, instead of, of uh, doing our normal coffee mugs, we should just be holding up turkey legs, right? Shouldn't we? Turducken. We should be- Tequila and soda water. What are you talking about? Oh, you're still going. I had to stop after a few days of uh, partying and, uh, you know, which party at my house means board games and uh, and just leftovers and more leftovers. It's the best part. The leftovers are where it's at, man. It is. Although, uh, if I have another turkey sandwich... I've, I may, <laughs> I may just I can't get enough of that. That is honestly has become my favorite part of Thanksgiving is the day after is good bread. And then you put more bread inside the bread because stuffing in a sandwich, it's unreal. Stuffing so, is the worst creation ever invented. Yeah, okay. Oh, you need to stop talking. amazing. Stop talking. Yeah, please. What are you, communist? No. Stuffing cranberry, which I hated as a kid. Who hated cranberry uh, sauce as a kid? Everybody. But you do that on a sandwich. And it's also nasty as an adult. Yeah. Okay. I'm there on cranberry sauce. Give me, give me the green beans with all that onion stuff on top. Yeah. A little Southern mac and cheese, some potatoes, some mashed potatoes. All that, but potatoes. stuffing as well. No stuffing. Stuffing is good. It's so nasty. Like let's it's stuff a bunch of bread, and bread inside and of it. And savory seasonings that are yummy, yummy. Oh, How could you so not gross. like that? I don't like, uh, what are the, what are the, what are the crunchy bread things you put on salads? I don't like that either. Croutons. Croutons. Those are gross, too. What is the oh, matter man. with you? How about coffee? Do you guys raise coffee mugs? Yeah, how about we no, do our that. troops? Tequila soda water. Let's... Uh, <laughs> Semper Fi, Marines. <laughs> On behalf of uh, the men and women making a podcast in Mom's Basement, the men and women at Navy Federal Credit Union, after a phenomenal holiday weekend, thanks to our troops for keeping us safe. Thank you so much. Let's all go stack some Benjamins together, shall we? Ladies and gentlemen, we have a big show, a real big shoe. Live from Joe's mom's basement, it's the Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and today you'll learn the money fundamentals with the budget niece to herself, Tiffany Aliche. For our TikTok Minute, you'll find out why Gordon Ramsay had to sell his Porsche. Plus, we'll throw out the lifeline to stacker Maggie, who wants to know if it's best to go all in on a brokerage account in order to catch up to her retirement goals. 
And then I'll share some colorful trivia. And now, two guys who start thinking up personal finance advice at breakfast. It's Joe and O-J-J-J-J-G. We are back after a holiday weekend to the Stacking Benjamin Show. Sit back and relax. Put your feet up because we're about to have some fun because Mr. OG, as Doug so eloquently said, the budget Nista's in the house again. Oh, geez. That's all I need. The refresh <laughs> of the budget. Yeah. It's Cyber Monday. What are you talking about? Budgets. This is OG's worst episode every time. His budgets scare the heck out of him. I know. Especially on Cyber Monday. He's like, yeah. no, what do you no, mean no. I've got to not spend money on wine? <laughs> Is, is that what you think about when you think Cyber Monday? Like everybody else is buying all this other stuff. You're, you're thinking, this is my day to get wine. What winery should I subscribe to? How <laughs> yes. much booze can I buy online? We got a great show. We have a, uh, actually it's because we wanted to make sure we got this interview in before the holiday. It is a wonderful discussion with Tiffany Aliche and we'll get into it. She goes over, so we, basically OG, we get halfway through this interview and it takes a big turn I did not expect. And we're going to leave it all in because it cool. is phenomenal radio. I think that all of our stackers need to hear. But before that, we've got a TikTok minute. So I think we will start with that. But before that, Doug, what was the best thing that happened to you over the Thanksgiving holiday weekend? So here's the best thing. I started sauteing all of these. This episode sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Then I blew an oil gasket and all hell broke loose in the kitchen. Wait a minute. Are you even listening to this? Oh, yeah. No, no, I totally got all that. OG, what happened to you? Well, we decided to deep fry a turkey, and apparently you're not supposed to fill the thing with oil. So there I was, lowering the turkey into the bucket of... And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Well, don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment's the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal, rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line, and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words... Your money's breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money in the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. So we ended up feeding the entire fire department. Are you even listening? Oh, yeah. No, we got all of it. Those are great stories, guys. We locked that all in. Yeah. Audience heard the whole thing. Yes. 
time for Tiffany Alice here in a minute. Stories. <laughs> but before that, we got a TikTok minute. Because we have such a long, great discussion with Tiffany Alice, no headline today. Right to the TikTok minute. This is the part of the show, guys, where we dive into a creation made by a TikTok genius who either is sharing some of their brilliance or possibly some air quotes brilliance. OG, out of the holiday weekend, big Tiffany Alice interview waiting in the wings. What do you think? I think that we need to amend this uh, little bit here. I think that every time we do a TikTok minute, Joe needs to do a TikTok dance on YouTube. And cut. <laughs> I think really trying to drive uh, the YouTube viewership, aren't you? Joe, you never know. They're super awesome. We're just dancing around. I'm this gonna say topic. this is I'm gonna say this video is gonna be the same quality as Joe's first TikTok dance. Oh boy. Live on YouTube coming next week. I don't know, maybe. Yeah, uh probably not, but this is OG, a interview that uh, you're going to know this guy's voice right away. Gordon Ramsay did talking about the early days of, well, before Gordon Ramsay truly was uh, Gordon Ramsay. We were young, we were stupid, and we, we were skint. I remember going to ask her father if I could borrow 20 grand for the deposit for a flat that we fell in love with. And I thought this is all going well. Lunch is good. I'll pay for lunch. And I said, oh, by the way, about that uh, deposit, you know, Tan and I, we've got half of what we need the other 20 grand. I'll pay you back in a year. He said, okay, here's what I'll do. I'll have another lunch with you when you sell your Porsche. I thought, you f You clever f Here I am driving around in a flash 911. And we didn't even have a f house. You have a flat, you have a roof over our heads. It's the best advice you ever gave me. Sell your Porsche. I did sell it. And 10 years later, I went and bought it back. Same car? Same f***ing car. Yes. A lot of bleeps in that. But OG. I sold mine. Yeah. And, and now he's, you're, you're definitely on an austerity kick now, aren't you, OG? <laughs> But how many times, OG, have we talked about this? People borrowing money yeah. and at the same time not paying people back while they're flashing money all over the place. Well, it's not even that. It's just the priorities, right? Like when you're looking at your financial plan and you're thinking about going, okay, I need to I need to right the ship or I need to point this in the right direction or like wherever you are, you have to recognize that everything counts. Everything's on the table, even the thing that you like the most, whether it's the trips or the uh, uh, things that you have or the house that you own or, you know, whatever, going out to eat, like all of those things have to have the same priority, which is zero. And then you build up the financial plan from there and what's left to gives you the opportunity to do it. And I think so many people think, well, I can do, I, j I can't sell the Porsche metaphorically, right? I can do everything except sell the Porsche. It's like, no, you can sell the Porsche. You can buy it back later. It's just a car. It's just a house. The Porsche probably, in his mind, though, at that time in his life, represented success. He would still feel like he internally was successful if he could drive the Porsche around. And, that, and, and, and yeah, selling it sure. probably meant I failed. That was probably, I think that's where most people struggle to get rid of those aspirational things. See, it's funny. I had a coach one time. I was thinking about renting a bigger house when my financial picture was not that great. And I remember the coach saying, so do you want to 
come home every day and pretend like things are really good? Or would you rather make things truly really good? Because every dollar you put into this, this house that you can't afford to be renting, even you can't afford this size house. Do you want to pretend that hard? Is it that important to you for you to pretend? And it is interesting to me that Gordon bought it back 10 years later because, oh, gee, just because you can't have it now yeah. doesn't mean you can't have it. Sure. I wonder how many sets of brakes that Porsche went through between ownerships of Ramsey, Gordon Ramsey. <laughs> <laughs> the owners in between just trashed it, but he's still got it. But he's got it back, that yeah. same effing Porsche. Coming up next, man, uh, I had a phenomenal conversation about a week ago sitting down with Tiffany Aliche, the budget Nista. She's a woman, if you don't know the budget Nista, she has one of the few financial books that became a New York Times bestseller. And she's followed it up with a workbook now. We're not going to talk a ton about the workbook. We're going to talk about today, Cyber Monday, and really getting your house in order. And the reason this is a long interview, OG, is because about halfway through, it took a big turn. And I think there's a lot here that uh, that I think people really need to hear. We'll talk about it after the interview. But this is our extended interview with the budget Nista, Tiffany Aliche, coming up in just a second. But before that... Doug, I think uh, let's have some trivia. Hey there, stackers. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. I had such a great Thanksgiving weekend. Stayed home alone, watching old movies. I mean, don't get me wrong. A lot of women wanted to spend the weekend with me. I just, I wasn't in the mood. I actually shut my phone off on Friday morning and set my outgoing message to say I was out of town just so I wouldn't have to disappoint anyone. I originally planned to watch all of the Die Hard movies, but I couldn't find my DVD box set, so I settled on an Audrey Hepburn movie marathon instead. You know, I know I seem way too manly for that, but I really enjoyed them. Started with Roman Holiday because of my fascination with the Roman Empire. Well, that was a little confusing. After that, I watched Charade with her and Cary Grant. That one was probably my favorite. I mean, it's got it all. Murder, mystery, my doppelganger. My grandma's friend Helen always told me I reminded her of Cary Grant. And I'm almost positive she didn't have cataracts. So, yeah, pretty much me, Cary Grant, you know. And, of course, I had to watch Breakfast at Tiffany's, which wasn't at all what I thought it was either. This whole time I thought it was about a woman named Tiffany who has people over for a meal, like the movie Clue, but, you know, without the breakfast. Today's trivia question is, if we went to Tiffany's for breakfast so we could have breakfast at Tiffany's, what color would our to-go box be? I'll be back right after I see what I'd look like with short bangs. Well, you know what I think about Navy Federal? I think about the veterans that have done so much for our country. And I also think about some of our active service members. want to say a special shout out to uh, my nephews, Colin and Nathan, who are both in the Navy. Colin is stationed outside Seattle, Washington on a submarine, and my nephew Nathan is in South Africa as an air traffic controller. And in Military Appreciation Month, Navy Federal Credit Union wants you also to celebrate members, many of whom go above and beyond. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. It's all branches of the military, veterans, DOD employees, and their family are eligible for Navy Federal membership. They offer 24-7 help from their U.S.-based member service. Visit NavyFederal.org celebrate to see all of their 
Military Appreciation Month offers, and other Navy Federal offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender. Well, if you're new to Stacking Benjamins, you may not know that I've tried out a lot of personal finance apps. I like to be a guinea pig and try out all these things. So I know what I'm talking about when it comes to uh, what's helpful and what isn't helpful. And the app that I've used the longest has been Monarch Money. And it's because Cheryl and I, my spouse, were able to collaborate together. We can work on our goals together and our budget and our goals are right next to each other on the app. It is clearly the next generation of personal finance apps. So what is it? Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, because you're a stacker, you'll get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. I love the fact that we get to collaborate. I love the fact that it's customizable. And I also love that it's this ad-free privacy you can trust. They never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. After trying out Monarch myself, I totally get why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, because you're a stacker, you're going to get an extended 30-day free trial to try it out like I try out many different apps. And this one was sticky for me because, well, you'll see when you try out the 30-day free trial. Go to monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y.com slash Benjamins for your extended 30-day free trial. Hey there, stackers. I'm amateur gemologist and Cary Grant lookalike, Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. I did some Googling during the break and found out that Audrey Hepburn was an EGOT. Unfortunately, she won her Grammy posthumously, but I'll still give it to her, you know still counts. I always thought it would be cool to win all of those awards, but then you got to find somewhere to put them, so I bet it ends up being more of a pain than anything. Actually, I'm kind of glad I haven't won it. Today's trivia question is, if we went to Tiffany's for breakfast so we could have breakfast at Tiffany's, what color would our to-go box be? The answer? Immediately recognizable by millions around the world, Tiffany's iconic packaging is an official Pantone color called 1837 blue named for the company's founding year but the robin's egg hue is registered with the company as tiffany blue and now speaking of a tiffany here to teach you how to get good with money it's tiffany aliche i'm super happy she's back in mom's basement with us (laughs) my good friend adochi aliche is here (laughs) see i I can't read the book you did (laughs) i can't stop i can't stop (laughs) I didn't last time you were here. People don't know what the hell I'm talking about. To Tiffany, that is your name. Yes, it is. It is my, I am Nigerian American. And on my birth certificate, it says Adochi Ihoma Aliche. I think my dad thought he was going to raise my four sisters and I in Nigeria. That's where both of my parents were born and, and raised. But the economy took a turn for the worst. And the Naira, which used to be on par with the dollar, is not. <laughs> and so as a result, I was in sixth grade or the, the summer before sixth grade. And he said, everybody should choose an English name, which sounds so crazy at the time, you know, you're a kid. So it sounds cool. But I think back at it now, like, how am I choosing my own name? And I remember I tried out names with my friends. Jenny was one of them. I was like, call me Jenny for this week. I and remember I like- <laughs> last time you were here, you were like, imagine 
Hey, it's Jenny the Budget Nista. Like, not, no, no. Pass. I know. Symphony, Renee, which actually, I mean, I feel like Renee could have been a good look because I kind of like that name. I do um, like that name. Yeah. So I could see myself Renee the Budget Nista. But yeah, then I ended up with Tiffany, but it took me a good, I don't even remember, like two years to learn to respond to Tiffany because. You know, you grew up with your name your whole life and people would, would call because we also moved school system. So the new kids didn't know me by my old name. And so they and would you say- didn't know you by your name. I didn't. <laughs> so people would call the house and be like, can I speak to <laughs> Tiffany? And we'd all be like, wrong what? number. I'm like, wait, oh wait, that's me. <laughs> so yeah. Well, there's lots of people today. It's Cyber Monday, as you know, yeah. and there's mm-hmm. lots of people out there who are maybe not responding to their name because they're getting called from their credit card company going, what the hell are you doing right now? Yeah. Right? I mean, while you and I are trying to help people maybe build a foundation, this is a tough day for people. What do you tell people that maybe messed up last week with Black Friday, maybe messing up today with their money? It's a time of year, Tiffany, a lot of people mess up. Yeah, it is. And well, one, I like to say, like, every time I write a book or post something online, I always leave room for grace and space. You are not here to get it perfect. You are just here to do your best. And sometimes your best is, this is the knowledge that I currently have, and I made the most of it. Or in this moment, I was feeling bad because last year my kids didn't get what they wanted and I really want them to get what they want this year. Whatever that is, try your best to navigate from the best place possible, but give yourself grace and space if you don't. So what I will say, what is really helpful is don't go through the financial choices of like gift giving alone. So years ago, my sisters and I decided to do Secret Santa, because it got really expensive to buy gifts for every single sister. Everybody, yeah. You know? So I remember, we. I think it was college that we decided, you know, like, we're peak brokenness. Enough. That how about we exchange one name, and so you only have to get a gift for one sister. And it was transformative. And so it became this really great holiday tradition. We're on Thanksgiving. That's where we exchange a name. We write them down, put it in a little bucket, and we exchange a name. And you write down your, it evolved to you writing down the name maybe two or three things that you'd like. And we always set the budget based upon what's happening. So when we were college kids, it was like 25 bucks. We start to make a little money, then 50, recession, back to 25. Yeah. You know? so, so we set the budget. And Pandemic so it, down to four. <laughs> you know, for free. And so, but, but think about that. Even with like, if you have children, integrating them into like, here's what, you know, the holiday season is going to look like. If you write down the thing you want, I can get you one big thing and everything else is going to be closed and whatever. Like if you set that expectation, people don't have to go in feeling disappointed and you don't have to overspend, you know, if you don't want to. I feel like people also underestimate the value of like homemade. Like Mm -hmm. we've lost that. We think that the holidays belong to Target, you know, and truly they don't have to. They don't. Honestly, when I was a kid, because there was five of us, we got one gift and like everything else was like underwear and pajamas and things like that. And that was normal. I didn't know that. Honestly, it probably wasn't until middle school that I realized that other kids were getting multiple gifts mm-hmm. because my parents had just normalized that you get one quote unquote big gift, whatever that was, Teddy Ruxpin, if that even, you know, we always got the off brand. I didn't get Cabbage Patch. We got like <laughs> patching kids. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> no, but, they're, the, they're the poorer cousins <laughs> of the Cabbage Patch but, kids. So it's like, so, but we, yeah, whatever that one big gift was and everything else I knew was going to be like a practical gift. And so you learn to adjust. Children will adjust to like what the expectations are. I know it's not, it's harder now more than ever because kids don't even want Jordans. They want Balenciaga and like things that are thousands of dollars. You know, kids are used to sushi and ramen and 
that's also like, what are you navigating at home? How are you showing up? You know, for them, my parents normalized frugality. I didn't always love it, and but because they normalized it for me now, it's really the way that I navigate from a happy place. Like I don't feel like I'm living less, not having all the things that make you look wealthy on the outside. You know, financial writer, she's amazing and hilarious. Uh, uh, Kristen Wong. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, yes. I love her. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she told me a story a couple of years ago, Tiffany, about how her mom told her that uh, Santa didn't come to her house every. <laughs> <laughs> that, and then Kristen was like, well, she, he goes to everybody else's house. And mom was like, oh, you think you're special? You think Santa's got to come to your house? And, like, her, like, Sometimes I know you- immigrant parents will say that. And my dad didn't understand the concept of Christmas from the space of like Santa because it just didn't exist in Nigeria. It wasn't until I went to Nigeria for the first time. I was 21 years old and Christmas rolled around and you woke up and you went to church and everyone said, happy Christmas. And that was it. You're like, it's a day. Besides yeah, it was, yeah, it was just a special day to celebrate the birth of Christ. But there was no Christmas tree. There were no presents exchanged. I remember being like, I don't get it. It didn't hit me that like, oh, that part of Christmas has actually been manufactured. That like the actual purpose behind Christmas is this. I'm like, oh, wow. <laughs> you know, because you're like, no, Christmas is the tree. And the, just like it's Easter capitalism. Bunny is the- <laughs> Christmas is capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> no, sincerely. And so it was kind of like the first time. I, and that's why I under, I, it got me to understand why my parents navigated the way they did in America, because they were just like, I don't get it. Because what does that have to do with like why we're really celebrating, you know? And I love this idea of normalization. And I like the idea of surrounding yourself with your sisters, like this positive talk. You spent a lot of time up front in this project, Tiffany, talking, uh, not a lot of time, but you spend a little time talking about your friend Linda being this person for you. Tell me about Linda and about her role in your life, because I think Linda helps keep you real. No, she does. And she's still my best friend. In it, I tap into Linda again, because before you start working on your finances and getting to the nuts and bolts of the thing, you really do have to like reframe and adjust how you're thinking and feeling, or you'll just go right back to what you know. You'll go back to what's familiar, even if what's familiar is unhealthy and unhelpful. And so Linda has been someone in my life that taught me She's my best friend and there's no judgment there. I can share all of my financial challenges, all the mistakes that I've made. And she creates a safe space for me to show up as myself imperfectly. And it's because of that, that I've been able to see the solutions of like, you messed up, you overspent, you didn't make the perfect choices, but you're not a bad person. These choices are not indicative of character. You know, these are just choices that you made that were not in your best interest. Linda doesn't think you're terrible. So maybe you're not. Maybe you could just focus on, well, what can I do? And so having someone like that in the corner. So when I wrote Made Whole, I I really wanted to dedicate the first part of getting to the work of the money to that part. Like one, learning to forgive yourself and then finding someone like your Linda, whoever, maybe it's your mom or dad or sibling or work bestie or whatever, that you can kind of share your financial journey with them. And they're a safe space. They don't have to be, Linda's not financially savvy. She's just a safe space that when I feel like I've messed up in a way, I know that she, like, you could tell Linda, Linda, I hit somebody with my car and I ran off. She's like, well, were they in the street? You're like, girl, you're supposed to hold me accountable. <laughs> right? So like, Linda's oh, always did you like- at least, Did you at least bury the body? I know. She's like, right? So she's like the friend that's like, well, she's like, so not wanting to judge you, you know? Like, well, things happen. Maybe you should just go back though. I feel like you should go back. And- <laughs> Maybe take and him so- to the hospital. 
Maybe turn yourself into the police. I'll go with you. <laughs> so find yourself. You're on your financial journey. Find yourself a Linda. And if you don't have a Linda, well, that's why I created the Budgetista, my brand, because I'm like, I can be the Linda for you. Whole like, lot of Lindas. Yes. Like literally there are so many like safe spaces, like safe groups that you can navigate into. I have my dream catcher group on like Facebook, but I also like in the book, I, I give you a link to this um, mighty networks is, is where we use, like we have another private group where it's totally free, but people navigate their finances there because sometimes you need a Linda that also has perspective. Like Linda and I are very similar in kind of like our life trajectory, but maybe you are a single dad. And you're just like, I don't know how to navigate. I don't know what it's like to be a sim- single dad, but of the hundreds of thousands of dream catchers in the group, someone there is a single dad that might be able to say, oh, when my kid was two, here's how we navigated that spot. So I don't believe money is, um, it's, it should be a team sport. That's what I believe. I do too. And often families can get, I mean, I feel like you're very lucky having having family that you can surround yourself with. Other people don't have that. I mean, mm-hmm. they have a family that's judgmental that is yeah. like, oh, what do you think? You know, that you're, I'm getting good with money. What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Like, it's kind of sad. I want to talk for a second. Mint, you know, going away, going bye-bye. Yeah. You open up this project talking about your budget. Yeah. How important is having an app to your budget? I don't think you have to. I've never, quite honestly, I've never used an app for my budget. Maybe because my dad was an accountant. And so I'm a spreadsheet girl all the way. And if an app is going to be helpful, then absolutely. You know, use. I've certainly delved into other types of apps and tried to use them. But because like budget is actually a thing that I enjoy, I find that I like to create a spreadsheet, see what the numbers are saying. And then because automation is a thing, I then will go into like whatever bank that I'm using like online and then automate what what I've gotten the spreadsheet to. So mm. like in the budget chapter of the book, for people who don't even like budgeting, there's a, a thing that I like to call split it before you get it. I was just going to go there because I think <laughs> this tip, by the way, Tiffany, when I sucked with money early mm-hmm. on, splitting the money, what Tiffany's about to tell you guys about is the thing that made everything work for me. So lay it on us. So so one of the things that makes Made Whole different from Get Good With Money is I have these quick starts for people who are like, I'm not doing all that. I'm like, fine, just do this. So for the budgeting chapter, it's like, you don't know to create a whole budget, split it before you get it, is when I suggest four different bank accounts, two checking, two savings. Checking one, spending. Checking two, bills account. Saving one, emergency savings, saving to long-term goals, which could be investing as well. So those are your four accounts. And so you do a little bit of math to figure out how much money, I like to start with bills because they have to get paid either way, (laughs) how much money needs to go into your bill account every month, therefore every pay period, how much money you want to save, if you can save it all, because saving, you might not have enough for emergency savings or goal savings, but you know, I like to put it out there because if you do, then you want to figure out how much you want to put there. And then how much money do you want to set aside for um, spending? And so that spending is not like, you know, it, it can be grooming, but it also could be groceries. It could be like, you know, stuff for the kids, extracurricular activities. So once you figure out how much money is going to go into each of those accounts, then you go to HR payroll and say, hey, instead of paying all of my money to this one checking account, which is where I suspect so many people, their money is going, 
you ask them to split your money before you get your money into these four accounts. And most payroll systems can do this. I'm not a big business at Budgetista. I have like four employees and the payroll system we use, we're able to do this. Yeah. You know, so most of them are able to do this. And what that means is that money will come in and split into those accounts. Your money will go into your bills account. And if you have enough, you can have your bills paid automatically from that account. Make sure you disconnect the debit card from your bills account. That's critical, right? Then the other money will go into your spending account. So when you're swiping that debit card, you know you're not spending bill money, just money set aside for spending. Money is going to go to a separate bank for savings because you want to make your money inconvenient, not easily able to be transferred because inconvenient money gets saved. And plus two, uh, if you use an online-only bank that has a high-yield savings account, you'll earn more money on the money being saved there. And so if you do that, literally you don't have to think about anything. Every time you get paid, you know the money is landing where it needs to go. If you want to automate your bills further, go ahead. And you know when you swipe your debit card, you're not spending savings. You're not spending bill money. You're only spending money that's been allocated for spending. And it is life-changing if you're not going to do a deep dive budget. I got to tell you, just getting the money in the right spot mm-hmm. and taking it out of my hand, Tiffany, taking that, that disconnecting the uh, debit card from your spending money. Yep. Because I couldn't trust myself. Yeah. I mean, I had to have it go to the right place. And that little change yep. is just absolutely, absolutely huge. Yeah. I try to do that because, you know, I used to be a preschool teacher for 10 years, as you know. So I'm always trying to figure out. Okay, I'm teaching money. And certainly there here's the deep dive, you know, that for those people who want to make that deep dive, but some people are just baby towing into the water. And so the, I want to have something. So when I wrote Made Whole, I'm I tried as best as I could for each of the steps to ask myself, if there was a quick start, if they only did this one small thing in this 10 minutes or this 20 minutes, that still could be life-changing to get the ball rolling, what would it be? And so I put that inside Made Whole. And then then once you got comfortable there, then you can go and do the rest of the things to really solidify the change. Well, I think a lot of these, and this was true for me, I think a lot of us just need that little win, yes. right? Give yourself that little win and then go climb the mountain later. For now, let's just get up this little hill or let's yes. learn how to walk. Literally that, like I just came back. So I, I try to walk like every morning. And when I was like, I need to get back in shape. I need to, you know, you, you, you join the gym for two days and you're like, I hate this. And you I'm try done. To, you know, you know? <laughs> you're like, oh, I'm going to go for a run. You're not. Right. And so honestly, I remember I was just like a friend of mine who's a personal trainer was like, what about walking? And I've always liked to walk. And I'm like, yeah, but it doesn't do much. He was like, it does. And so I started to walk like 10 and 20 minutes. And then like an hour in the morning, I listened to a podcast. Maybe I talked to like my mom or my dad or a friend. And the hour, I used that hour to sometimes just look at nature or whatever. And in a year, I lost 30 pounds. This is without like hitting the gym. Certainly, I started to eat better. But all of a sudden, I was like, I'm not winded when I go up the stairs. I didn't realize that you can get a good amount of cardio in with those beginning steps. And now I've started to do calisthenics, but that walking was a door opener for me. And so sometimes you need that door opener. And and that is the basis of how Made Whole is written, is that it is a door opener. So that way you can start to integrate real changes that will change your financial life. Like I don't, I mean, I feel like the industry that we're in, Joe, that there's been this big, especially during the pandemic and post-pandemic about get rich, get rich. I know get rich quick schemes have been there forever, but I feel like they really, there was an uptick in oh, the pandemic. <laughs> diamond hands. <laughs> I mean, there was so much, and I'm just like, 
If you want wealth, I wish that for you. But I am here to teach you the financial fundamentals, right? That if you don't get your pile of a million dollars, that it doesn't mean that you still can't have a good life. You still can't go on vacation with your partner. You still can't have, make sure your, you know, your kid plays at least one sport. You're like, I want to be able to give you the tools necessary so you can still have a good life. Like, so here are the financial foundations. I think to myself, like, I'm like the preschool teacher of personal finance, right? Because it's like, that's what I taught in preschool, right? It was like, here are your letters, shapes, colors, go into the world. And so that's what I do with, with personal finance. Well, let's dive into some of the stuff that we haven't talked about, you and I, before the few times uh, we've been together. I don't think we've ever talked about insurance. Uh, step seven of your steps is getting good with insurance. Yes. You probably, I would imagine, don't get to talk about that a lot during this book tour because nobody wants to talk about insurance. So let's go there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Honestly, the, like what was it like maybe five years ago, I started working with my financial, uh, my certified financial planner, Anjali. And I remember she was like, um, you're insured like a 28 year old. And I'm like, what is, and it was funny because that's when I had purchased life insurance because I'd bought like a condo and I was like, I'd read somewhere, oh, you know, if you have, I didn't have kids, but I heard that if you have debt or property, then you might want to consider getting life insurance to at least cover whatever that debt is that you leave behind. And I was like, I had never thought about insurance. You know, when you're young, you're like, insurance is drinking water and taking walks. <laughs> like, that's right. Just- <laughs> insurance is maybe staying home on a Friday night. Yes. And so- uh, made whole is about these 10 simple steps to what I call financial wholeness. And so insurance was a critical component because I didn't fully understand that the real purpose of insurance is to protect the assets that you've grown. And so like your body is an asset, you know, so you have health insurance. So if you are no longer here, life insurance will protect like the money that you make that your family might live off of. You have kids or a spouse, you know, you have pet insurance. You know, I know so many people who've gone into debt because their pet got sick and they never thought about pet insurance. Um, there's homeowner's insurance. There's renter's insurance, which is so inexpensive, yet so few people get renter's insurance. But also, too, disability insurance. Sometimes we forget. So your job might have disability insurance, but as someone who has seen someone not get their disability money come in until they return back to work months later, because that's how long it took. Oh, you know, yeah. you can get this gap insurance in, in between to make sure that, like, well, while I wait for that money to come in, I can still pay my bills. So there's so many insurances that we're not aware of. So I break down what, like our true teacher, all the types of insurance you might want to consider. There's a quiz where you could take to see which kind of insurance that you might need, what to expect, not necessarily the amount that you should pay, but like how much you might need based upon where you are in life. Yeah. That insurance chapter, so many people are like, I've never read that in a financial fundamentals book. And I think it's left out and it should not be. Well, what's an insurance that uh, most of us need that very few people have? Well, if you're an adult, probably life insurance outside of your job, meaning like if you have like kids yeah. or you have, um, I just feel like not as many people have life insurance. And we could see that because when the pandemic hit and people, you know, unfortunately lost their lives, how many GoFundMes, how many fundraisers. So people didn't have enough insurance set aside to to bury themselves. And so I would say probably that and renter's insurance. I don't know. Like a, renter's insurance is like yeah. 10 bucks a month, yeah. you know? And so, because you might say, oh, well, you know, I'm, I live in this building or this home. Yes. And the owner, the landlord definitely has insurance, but it might not cover your things. I've, I've heard so many stories, Tiffany, where the, you know, somebody goes to their landlord and goes, hey, 
you know, there was a smoke problem. And so my clothing is all whatever. You need to pay for that. They're like, well, that's what your renter's insurance is mm -hmm. for. And so many people go, what are you talking about? No, no, no. It's your building. They're like, yeah, that, that insures the walls, not your clothing. Yes. It's like a whole different, whole different deal. And it's relatively inexpensive. Renter's insurance is typically well under 20 bucks a month. You know, I've seen it on average, like nine, 10 bucks a month. So you think to yourself for 10 bucks a month, I could have protected myself, you know? I also feel like, Tiffany, this is the area that people, you know, when you are really struggling with money, this is the area where people start thinking, I'm going to cut back. Mm -hmm. And to me, this is the most dangerous spot to cut back. Uh, but I remember when I was broke, I'm like, ooh, I'm going to get the worst car insurance known to man. Yeah. That's where I, you know, which is a horrible way to, you know, the first time something bad happens, then I'm, I'm screwed. Then you're screwed. And also too, I was thinking to myself, your initial question about an insurance that people don't have, probably disability. Disability. Oh yeah. yeah that's, that's probably that's the number one. one. Mm -hmm. Cause I feel like, you know, if you're in your like thirties and forties, you, you don't really, you start to conceive of maybe in your forties that, oh, I might not feel well one day, but You'd be surprised, a car accident, tripping down the stairs. Shoot, stretching too hard in the morning these days. <laughs> you know? And then you find yourself like, wait, but disability insurance? Because I don't think people realize that it often takes a long time for it to kick in, even if your job offers it. Like I've seen it yeah. take six months before you get your first check and you're not working. So what do you do in the meantime if you don't have six months worth of savings? And so disability insurance is something I think that people underestimate. And don't have for themselves. Well, there's the biggest insurance right there, having that emergency fund, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, and That's absolutely. probably one. Uh, you end this project by talking about leaving a legacy. Yeah. When, when should people get their estate plan done? The truth is, as soon as you start working, as soon as you get a bank account, so if you're 21 years old, estate planning might just look like, who's my beneficiaries? Like my mom was always my beneficiary in my bank accounts. Mm -hmm. You know, so I think people think of estate planning it's like, oh, you've got like this big old mansion and millions of dollars. No, it's just you have well, I gotta stuff. Make a, I got to make a video of my family watches after I die <laughs> and I tell them where the treasure's hidden. <laughs> but what you realize is estate planning is just if you have stuff, what do you want to happen to your stuff? And so at the bare minimum, beneficiaries, if you have a job and oftentimes jobs will will offer like um, a life insurance policy through the job, you know, who's the beneficiary? So many people don't have anybody listed. Yeah. They don't understand even when it comes to beneficiaries, like I didn't understand this fully, that you don't have to just say, well, I'm going to list my mom. You can actually list people in percentages. Let's just say you've got like four kids. You can say each of the kids gets 25%. And so beneficiaries is like, if, you, if nothing else, update your beneficiaries and make sure that like you're updating it. I would say annually, you want to just take a look because as you get older, you might get married and you might get divorced. Or you might have another kid. So you want to make sure that that's all covered. Also, too, considering a will, at, at the very least, once you have a kid, you need to have a will, mm -hmm. you know, because you really want to make sure that if something happens to you, God forbid, what your desires are for your child are, are carried out, especially when your child is underage. Because let's just say, I don't know, like you grew up in a heavily religious household, but you've left the religion and you're wanting, like your sister also left the religion, but your, your brother is still very religious. You love him, but you prefer your kid not to be relate, raised in that religion. So you're going to want to know, like in this will, this is what's happening. It's not just about the financials, although that helps. A will really lets people know immediately after your passing, what do I want to happen immediately after, for about six months after my passing, what do I want to happen? And then a trust allows you to go as deep into the future, basically, as you want to. So a trust, typically, you want to think about a trust 
If you have a, a an estate worth about half a million dollars or more, you want to start to consider a million dollars or more, you probably should. Because having a will does not help with probate court, which is real, really where kind of like they divvy up your stuff for the world to see. Um, and having a will is not going to really help with potentially the taxes that the people inheriting your stuff are going to incur. A trust allows that, like, I have a trust now where I have put all my things. I have the house I live in now. I have a condo. I have some businesses. All that belongs to the trust. And then I have my beneficiaries of the trust. So they're not actually inheriting anything. So that inheritance tax that so many states charge, you know, they're not going to have to pay the tax on that because currently we're all owners. It's almost like you set up a company that lives on after you die. Yes, exactly. And so that's really helpful, but the sooner the better. I mean, two years ago, it's crazy, almost to the day, my husband passed away suddenly from an aneurysm and he was 41. I always say like death is the most common, uncommon thing. Like we know people die every day. People literally die every second, but you're like, not my people. Right. And right. so- It doesn't happen to me. Yeah. Until it does. I can remember it was November 9th. He called me and was like, babe, I have such a crazy headache. I don't feel good. I'm going to go to the hospital. And I was like, um, okay. I was supposed to go to the city and I was supposed to speak for like Chase Bank or something like that. And my husband's kind of like a hypochondriac. So like, I mean, he stubbed his toe and go to the hospital. So I kind of was like, does he really have a headache? Or, But something was like, even though like Chase paid already, just go to the hospital. And I'm so glad that I did because that was the last time that I saw him like speaking and alive. And so on the 15th, he passed away. He, he had an aneurysm. They did a surgery. They said it went well at first and then it didn't. And just like that, somebody who I figured I was going to spend my whole life with is not here And because we had done a lot of the financial work ahead of time, I would say we'd got about 85% of our estate planning done. It made it easier, you know, Mm. but the 15% that we didn't do, oh boy, oh boy, because he didn't have a will. Although we had the beneficiary set up, we had the conversations, we... And so we had already put things in place, but there was a handful of things that like we didn't quite get to. And I just think about that, like... Thankfully, like, you know, it all worked out, you know, as things are apt to do, but it just was such a reminder. You know, you think you're so young, you think you have so much time because it's crazy. Literally just the week before our financial advisor was like, you guys need to finish your will. And we were like, okay, okay, okay. This weekend, this weekend. And the next week he wasn't here, you know? Wow. And so um, if you're looking for like a, a wake up call to like, get to it, get to it. Honestly, a will is, it was so much easier than I thought because if you have a really good attorney, which I did. She had like a template already. And in the template, we just kind of, because once he passed away, I did my will right away because I got really scared because life seemed so uncertain. And I thought, yeah, oh God, I can't, you know, and yeah, then so, yeah. and my parents, they had not updated their will. My dad is in his eighties and he would always say next year, next year. And I'm like, I told my dad, I'm like, daddy, you have to get your will updated because it's a nightmare when nobody knows what you're wanting. And so my attorney had this great template. He and my mom looked at it. And, you know, changed a few things and got it um, notarized right at their local bank. So we can breathe a sigh of relief because when you do that, you give your family and friends the opportunity to just miss you and not the other stuff. Because it's really, it's a lot. I mean, so many people who had lost their partners were like, buckle in, Tiffany, because people who you thought, you know, were family or friends or loved ones, you know, a lot comes out when money's at stake, you know? And so, like I said, thankfully, like my husband was really great. He, he had had a a life insurance policy in place already. So like my stepdaughter, Alyssa doesn't have to worry about school. 
that's already paid for. So thank God for that. And he didn't make a lot of money, relatively speaking, to where we live. He made never made over $60,000 a year. So I think people think you have to like make a lot of money. It's like, no, no, school is paid for because of the choices he made before we got married and before the aneurysm, thank God, or they would have never given him that life insurance. These are the choices. Like We made, like I said, mostly really good choices. So as a result, his family and friends get to just miss him. It wasn't the, this big financial shock to the system. I remember when my brother died in, in 2021 from COVID. I'm sorry. And, um, and I, w- w- well, no, I mean, well, it's nowhere near having my spouse die, but you're really emotional. Like you're really, and, and, and to not be able to focus on the emotions because you got to deal with the stupid bank or the stupid, you know, whatever it is. I mean, my brother, he, uh, he didn't tell anybody, not even his spouse, where most of his stuff was. Mm. And we had to go look for it. It's, it's just- such a nightmare. When I tell you, that was one of the blessings, blessings, blessings that like, there was nothing I did not know about that man. Whenever he logged in to look at his paycheck, or whatever, he always used my computer and everything. So all the passwords were saved. I, I knew the password to his phone. It's so crazy because Jarrell was here when Made Whole came out, when um, Get Good With Money came out. Yeah, yeah. And then he wasn't here when Made Whole came out. So that chapter, both of them have the chapter about estate planning, but it hit different when I was doing that chapter because, you know what I mean? Because it's different. You know, you talk about it from a place of like, this is what you should have. And I'm like, no. You effing need it. Yes. And so (laughs) a few things that were really helpful, having at least one joint bank account with a family member that you trust. We had this one joint bank account, a checking account, and we had a savings account. When someone passes away, oftentimes the bank will freeze all the assets. But if that's your spouse, of course you can have ownership of those assets. And so I was able to transfer some money from his personal bank accounts to that joint account and still have access so we could start the process of figuring out what does burying him look like, you know? So that was critical. At the very least, like you want to keep that cell phone on for a year. It is the key that will unlock so many things. So you can't figure out their bank account login. They're going to send a text to your cell phone. You know, you can't figure out how to whatever. And you know, your cell phone is going to be the, so keep that cell phone open at least a year. Well, think you know? about the number of people that don't even know how to get into their spouse's cell phone. I know. That's crazy. And that's the key to everything. Everything. Your cell phone and email are the key to everything because typically they'll send you an email, a link to say, click this link so we know it's you, or they'll send you something via your cell phone. Those two things, all my sisters know my password to my cell phone and my email. And of course, my niece and nephew, because they're always playing games like so. <laughs> but so those two things are critical, but also there's some other things like, Jarrell like had this old school like metal box where he kept like all his papers. And my dad used to do the same. I used to be like, you're such an old man, Jarrell. And so I now have this like um, <laughs> this fireproof bag though, which is great, where like every bank statement, every whatever, I put it in there. So that way, 80 years old, 90 years old, and you have to go looking, everything's in this fireproof bag, including my will, including the trust. Everything is um there just making things easier. But another thing I tell people that's not financial, take so many candid photos and pictures of the people that you love. Mm. Not for social media, just mm-hmm. like, you know, you're standing in the kitchen, mm-hmm. you're like eating breakfast. You're one, Jarrell's mother passed away when he was in his twenties. And he said, I don't have like any video of her. So he made it a habit to take a ton of pictures and video of not just us, but himself. He was like a secret mm. vlogger. So when he passed away, I'm looking through his phone and there's all these videos to us. Like, hey guys, you know, like 
You know, none of you guys want to help me shovel, so I'm doing it by myself as usual. <laughs> but do you know how wonderful that is to like see? Yes. I didn't even know that they were in there. And yes. so we created this Google family album, if you will, of all things him. And there are literally thousands of videos and pictures and that his family, friends, I, I added them all to the album that at any moment you can hear him laugh. You can see him smile. You can hear him say, I love you. All the things are there. And so that was critical. And I'm so grateful. So I try to keep that in mind that when I see my parents, video, pictures, you know, because they're older now, but not just that, nieces and nephews. And none of it gets posted. It's just to keep that memory. So that was a, a critical component. And also too, I mean- from from Can I stop you for just a second? Yeah, because from way far away, from where I am, way down here in Texarkana, Texas, Tiffany, the thing that I really appreciated that you did- during that time, mm -hmm. as a guy who was a financial planner in the past, and I saw people go through really emotional times, mm -hmm. you disappeared for a while. Yeah. And I think that's super important for everybody yeah. to just get the. I have yeah. no idea what you did, Tiffany. All I knew was you were going to be unreachable for a while. Yes. And we all need to do that because I'll tell you, when I was a financial planner, I would see people do stupid shit. Yeah. Right after a spouse died, right after a, a sibling died, right after a pain, like, you know what I mean? Like people yeah. do. And to be able to actually have your estate plan done so you could go wherever you went. Yes. I went to Bali for two months. I was like, I don't want to be. And then, so I disappeared from like work for, and I know everyone can't do this for six months. I don't even know why there's not grief. Three days. I, I can't even imagine three days you have to be back at work when you no. lose your mom, your dad, your brother, your sister, your spouse. And so I was fortunate that after all the funeral arrangements were done, I was like, I went to Bali by myself because I was looking for a safe space where a woman could go. And it was so quiet. The Balinese are like the kindest people you will ever meet. And I was just there. Yes. It's so I beautiful. I was just there. Well, not only that, when you say the nicest people, the funny thing about it was I, I gave a talk in Bali and I said during my talk, I feel like in Bali, like every culture must have an <laughs> but Bali doesn't have theirs. Like they've got Robert <laughs> stuck in the closet because he's a jerk and they're waiting till after the tourists leave to bring him out. You know what I mean? They're so nice. It's not a transactional culture. Like I remember I had like um, a young woman that would like come by and do my laundry and it was like six bucks. So I would leave her 10, you know, because we're such a tipping culture. Yeah. And then she would give me back four. I'm like, no, 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 no. And she's like, no, it's $6. I'm like, I know, but I'm wanting, because thank you so much, I'm wanting to give you. And she would refuse to take it. I'm like, I just couldn't wrap my mind around. I'm like, I don't. And she's like, no, it, I've already priced it fair enough for me to get what I need. And I mean, I'm here to help you get what you need. And it just, the Balinese are very non-transactional. That helps so much, but also therapy. I don't even know what people do without like um, therapy. My therapist was just also, I literally started therapy when I was in Bali, like virtual therapy that helps. Well, and I've never been in a more spiritual place in my yes. life. I mean, yes. the water temples and the yes. just, oh, heaven. And then after that, even when I came back, I was like, I'm back from Bali, but I'm not back, you know? Mm -hmm. And so my team, thankfully, did whatever they needed to do for the six months that I was away. It's only just now, two years later, that like, I'm feeling like I'm coming back to myself a little bit. I, you don't realize how far away from yourself you are. I look back a year, I'm like, I don't even know why I came back a year later because I was not myself, you know, and I'm just kind of like feeling like myself. And the financial education that I teach has hit different because it's like for this purpose, for when real life happens, are you able to still maintain like a safe place to live, food to eat, to be able to take care of yourself? 
I've always taught from this holistic space anyway, but it just hit different because I was able to do that because of the choices. You know, I live far below my means and because of the choices that I've made in my financial life, I was able to take time away when I could not focus on those financial things. I was like, I, I had enough autopilot going that they could take care of themselves and I could take care of myself. And so I want that for everyone, you know, because death is the most common, uncommon thing. And at some point, we're none all of us gets to, out of here alive. None of us, you know. I remember Dr. Green, my therapist, said, Tiffany, you have unlocked the next level of human living, which is you understand that to love is to lose. But we as humans choose to love anyway. Because whether it's your favorite shirt, your dog, yourself, at some point, all of these things will no longer be here. And we choose to love anyway. And so that's what I've chosen to do. That I'm just like, I'm in the space now where I'm just like, you know, I get to decide how I want to show up, which is connectedness which is love, which is family and friends. When I stood next to Jarrell, I knew he wasn't going to quite make it. He was in a coma because he was a, an organ donor, which I encourage everyone to be because we saved like four lives as a result of mm, him passing. Mm-hmm. He was an organ donor. And so like his spleen saved someone's life. I forget what else. It was like lungs. It was a bunch of things that like um, he was open to donating. It's crazy because um, he just told his daughter a few weeks prior because the doctors asked, is he an organ donor? And I said, honestly, I don't know. And Alyssa was like, no, he is. Two weeks ago, I was going through his wallet and I pulled out his license and I said, daddy, how come you don't have organ donor checked off? And like so many superstitious people, I don't want to check that off because just in case I get into a car accident, I don't want them to be like, ooh, fresh meat. <laughs> he said, but if you ever, I know, which is so, if you knew him, that is so him. He said, but if ever, if, if any, you told give anybody an idea. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> he said, but if anything ever happens to me, he was like, you can donate my whole body. Donate to science. Like if I can help someone else, then so be it. And so the fact that she had that knowledge is so beautiful. So we were able to confidently say, that's part of estate planning. Yes. You know, like donate my organs. And a, a woman a year later wrote me this really beautiful letter because you can do so through like this donor network. It basically said like, you know, me writing this is really sad because I know you had to lose someone you loved in order for, for me to be here. But I just want to say thank you so much. Only 2% of people that pass away are eligible for organ donation because you have to pass away in the hospital on a respirator. So it's just very small, you know, like if you get hit by a car and something happens to you. So the fact that you're in that space. And so he was really generous in life. And so to leave on that space of generosity. But what I was saying before is like when I stood next to Jarrell when he was in his coma, life became as clear as it ever could be of like what's really important. And the only thing that came up was love and connectedness. And to me, that is the purpose of the financial component is to free up energy, space, time so you can work on the love and connectedness and the people that you care about. That's it for me anyway. What a perfect day, Tiffany, for you to be here mentoring our stackers, because this is a time I feel like when people, to your point, way earlier in this conversation, people get too connected to the hustle, too connected to the consumerism, to buying the right gift, to overspending, to buying. And when you go back to connectedness and we're not promised forever, I think that's it's the perfect day for us to talk about getting your house in order. Because for me, that's what makes you, you already are whole, but to experience that wholeness by going through these steps and, and thinking about what truly is important is this time together is so, so good. The book is called Made Whole, The Practical Guide to Reaching Your Financial Goals. 
and it is available everywhere. You're helping everybody everywhere. Yes, but if you want to support like a small bookstore, which hopefully you do, you can go to Made Whole Workbook. We showcase a small bookstore like every week on that platform. That's awesome. Yeah. So, because, you know, I feel like, especially if you're going to buy something, go ahead and get made whole <laughs> and then, and right. then support, support a small business, you know, madewholeworkbook.com. Help them be made whole. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing, Tiffany. That's a, uh, I don't know. It's so important for people to hear it from somebody who's been through all that. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Hello, fellow stackers. I'm Michelle from Enid, Oklahoma. When I'm not taming lions as a veterinary technician at an all-cat clinic, I'm stacking Benjamins. Big thanks to Tiffany for sharing that. You know, after interviews, OG, I say big thanks to our guest. I think every episode, but huge thanks because, OG, people haven't gone through what Tiffany's gone through and you could hear it halfway through, couldn't you? I mean, she j- we went from Tiffany being Tiffany Aliche, the budget nista, to Tiffany being the somewhat still grieving spouse two years later, who really still, you can tell, needs to talk about it. And if you don't have your financial house in order, it's so difficult. I mean, to just, just the emotions that you go through. I don't think any of us have any clue, even after hearing that interview. Well, you can't unless you go through it. I've been through and it. And I think that's the important part of contingency planning, whatever you want to call it, estate planning or, you know, risk management or whatever you want to think about it as, is that you're not going to be able to make great financial choices under high emotional strain. It just won't work. So you have to give yourself an opportunity to have space. And the way that you do that is by doing the things that you know you can do, making sure that you have the right protection in place, whatever that looks like, having the right beneficiaries in place, right? Estate planning and like all, all of the things that are really crappy to think about and talk about and do. It takes work to do. It takes follow-up and all that other sort of muscle that we don't ever have to use. And then you're still going to have a lot of crap to deal with regardless. You know what I mean? Well, you got but so at much least, crap. At least you, the money is. If you can just deal with the crap in your head. You know what I mean? It gives if you the opportunity to do that. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's a best case scenario. Worst case is I got all this crap in my head. I got to go down and fight with the bank about my money. Yeah. And the mortgage is due on the first. It's like it's due on Monday or it's due on Friday. You know what I mean? Like it's like the banker doesn't care. I mean, your actual banker might, but the bank does not. I hope that people heard loud and clear, by the way, when we talked about the cell phone know your people close to you, how to get into their cell phone, at least have them write it down somewhere because, oh gee, she was right on. This phone is like the key to all the passwords, all the accounts. Like if she hadn't been able, when my brother passed away, they couldn't even figure out how to get into his phone. No, seriously. I'm not trying to find out if you have a girlfriend. I just want to <laughs> to make sure that if you die unexpectedly, that I can get into your phone. Well, and like a password manager, I know Cheryl and I share all our, you know, we use a Dashlane, a good password manager, having the knowledge of where everything is. I know with my brother, and I know I said this during the interview, but with my brother, that's, we spent so much time looking for stuff because he didn't share any of that with anybody. Yeah. Tough process for sure. It is a tough process. Glad she shared it. Yeah. Thank you so much to Tiffany. Time to throw out the lifeline to a stacker. When a stacker needs help, we're always there to help them pick themselves up. It's a great part of having a great community of stackers. By the way, if you want to be part of our community, head to our Facebook group, uh, which we call Mom's Basement. 
go to Stacking Benjamin's Basement. Just put that in the search bar in Facebook and apply to join. And Gertrude, mom's friend, will uh, will help you join our community. By the way, also, if you're looking for good financial tips about today's show and Wednesday's show, the 201 or newsletter, stackingbenjamins.com slash 201. Today, though, we're going to throw out the lifeline to a lucky stacker named Maggie. Hey, Maggie. Hi, Joe, OG, and Doug. Maggie here. My partner and I live abroad at the moment, but we'll be heading back to the U.S. in the next two years. We will be moving in with my parents for the first few months because all of our stuff will be on a shipping container somewhere and also to save a bit more money to finally buy a house. Uh, My partner is a little bit behind on his retirement savings goals, so I have proposed to him that we use this rent-free time to first catch up on his retirement and then to save more to buy a house. We're debt-free, mid-30s, have a healthy emergency savings account, my retirement's on track. Are there any ramifications to throwing like fifty dollars or $100,000 just straight into a brokerage account in one year? Should we be doing something else? <laughs> is there anything else we should be thinking about? Apologies if this is incredibly basic to some folks. Thank you guys so much. Can't wait to hear what you have to say. Thanks. You know, Joe, you introduced that as Maggie, but I'm pretty sure that she said Miggy. Is that was that Miguel Cabrera that was calling in? I mean, living abroad. Yes, just retired from the <laughs> exactly. <laughs> just retired. Yeah, one of the world's biggest contracts. Going to be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, uh, Maggie, thanks so much for the call. And by the way, when you talk about a basic question, oh gee, those are that is not a basic question. And this is also the type of question everybody has that nobody asks. The number of times that I've fielded questions that people have started with, this might seem stupid. And it's the same question everybody else is asking. So yeah, yeah. Uh, ramifications of, of putting a lot of money away in one year while they're rent free. I guess I think about this in kind of an order of operations savings goal type of scenario, right? So the first thing that we want to make sure is, is do you have your emergency fund? Second thing is, do you have your consumer debt paid off, which, you know, sounds like both of those are checked off. So then the next piece is, what are we going to do about retirement savings and then other short and intermediate term goals? She said, hey, I think that we're a little behind or he's a little behind in his retirement savings, but we're in our mid thirties. It's like, you can't be behind in your mid thirties, you know? You have so much time, it's ridiculous. That doesn't mean you should like go, sweet, I can not think about this till I'm 50 because every day counts. But by the same token, I don't know that it requires like massive jerking of the wheel to get on track, so to speak. That being said, you have the opportunity to save a bunch of money while you're not paying rent and you know, you're trying to build the down payment money for the house. Assuming that the house down payment is kind of an immediate goal and also that you have that mostly funded, then there's no reason that you wouldn't want to put money away for the next goal. And that next goal might be uh, retirement or financial independence or you know other things, but the next longer term goal. So fill up your retirement accounts, your Roth IRAs and IRAs and 401ks. If you have those opportunities, obviously there's ways to do that and kind of the order to do that. But assuming that that's done and, and you're like, and I still have 50 grand left over, I still have $100,000 left over, now what do I do? Absolutely put it in, a, in an investment account. The question becomes is, what do I invest inside of my investment account? Because you can send the money to Schwab and they'll just let it sit in a checking account until you tell them what to do with it. Or send it to Vanguard, it'll go into a Vanguard account, you know, money market account until you tell them what to do with it. 
this is really just going to be determined around when's the next thing that you have that goal for. If this is financial independence, long-term investing, follow your asset allocation. There's no sense in going slow and investing it over time. And just if you've got a hundred grand, you want to invest it, just invest it, be done with it, move on with life. No tax issues with that. If that's kind of the question or limits, you know, some people think that there might be limits in terms of your ability to save. And there are within certain retirement specific accounts, but a regular, regular investment account, there's, there's no limitations there. So have at it. I think a lot of people forget about that huge upside, which is not only are there no limits, there's also the money's flexible. You can then, if you have something come up, you you can get at it. And if you're investing in something like index funds, OG, I think people kind of over worry about the tax ramification of having that brokerage account, especially money nerds. And really the tax hit, if you're using exchange traded funds, shouldn't be egregious, should it? Well, I mean, you you pay taxes when you make money. It's no different than any. That's I, I agree with you on this. Like people get overly worked up about about the tax bill. It's like, well, you don't get mad. I mean, you get mad, I suppose, but it's just a fact of life. When you make money, you pay taxes. It doesn't matter how you earned it. If you earned it through working, or you earned it through a real estate sale, or you earned it through a business sell you know you sold a business or you sell stock you're gonna you're gonna pay taxes so be okay oh gee any weird wrinkles to this because of where she because she's overseas right now if i remember right so any weird wrinkles about when she does this if she does if she's overseas but she does it while she's still there versus coming back stateside any wrinkles there she needs to be worried about or is that irrelevant yeah no that's a good question certain companies are going to have issues with you opening accounts overseas, you'll have to do some investigating to find out which organizations, you know, which brokerage companies will allow international accounts if in fact you are doing that while you're overseas, while you're international still. There are places that allow you to do that. I know Schwab, for example, will allow you to do it. That's not a silly question. That could be an issue for some people, for sure. So I would go first to your broker, Maggie, and make sure that there's no issues Maggie. while you're abroad. <laughs> Once you have a, an address in the States, you're, you're golden. Maybe it's Miggy's sister, Maggie Cabrera. <laughs> yeah. Maggie Cabrera. Thanks, thanks for the question, Maggie Cabrera. Congratulations on a great career. Congrats to your brother. Uh, Stackyvenchments.com slash. She's like, who the hell's Miggy Cabrera? Yeah. She's got no idea. <laughs> uh, you can tell we're all Detroit Tiger fans right there. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Are so, we all? Oh, oh, are you now going Rangers on us? Is that it? Well, one team did win the... I, I, well, I was never a... What's the team in Detroit? Oh, Tigers. Oh, I was stop. never a Tigers fan. Oh, that's horrible. Doug, why, why do we even put up with that? That's horrible. Come on. <laughs> that's like the 11th different version of that question we ask about OG. <laughs> <laughs> totally Which can all be summarized. <laughs> what the hell's wrong with him? <laughs> It's like a what is it, like a mind map. What yeah. the hell is wrong with OG? It's like stuffing question mark tigers question mark <laughs> cranberry sauce question mark. How many different topics? Tiffany was talking earlier about <laughs> you know needing some therapy while she was in Bali. I'm like I got a guy who might need. <laughs> and, and I was oh, talking about Doug well, and I. You know, need I some we could all use it honestly. Having to hang out with yes, having to hang out with 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 OG. Not wrong. Uh, stackingbenjamins.com slash voicemail. If you've got a question for us, Maggie, we are sending you a greatest money show on earth shirt. It truly 
is our very comfortable circus shirt represents the show. OG is all of the animals on the shirt. Rawr. I'm the ringmaster. Doug is the monkeys. Um, it's really good. <laughs> all right. That's going to do it for today, except for our last segment, which we call hanging out on the back porch. And at this part, we always begin our back porch relaxing segment sitting back and uh, hearing what's coming up in the community calendar this week. We're back from the long week. Doug, what we got going on? Well, Joe, it's an interesting week after a holiday week. Everybody is still in chill mode. So what better way to chill than on Tuesday with an Instagram live with Kate and then uh, on Thursday with you, right? So Kate's, uh, she's kind of midday. You feel like taking a uh, mental break midday. Maybe you do this every day. I don't know. But certainly on Tuesday, uh, about 1130 Eastern, take a break with Kate. And then uh, with you on Thursday at like five o'clock after work. More of a happy hour. Yeah. Uh, What we hope to do on Tuesday and Thursday is talk about two different things this week. It's a big time for office parties and community parties. And let's say that I've, I'm throwing a holiday party. How do I throw a holiday party without breaking the bank and also tipping? Don't invite big, me. <laughs> he will eat everything. He'll eat it all. <laughs> he will eat everything. Uh, go to stackofbenjamins.com slash welcome, by the way, for uh, all the different places where he can hang out with us. Uh, guys, I saw a movie. This is a movie by this little known director named Martin Scorsese. Have you guys ever heard of this guy? No. I think you said it wrong. I think Scorsese. Yeah. True film aficionados say Scorsese. I I always want to hit people that say that. Like those are the same people that say croissant. (laughs) No, no, it's croissant. Or Budapest, like it's supposed to be. Right. Exactly. Did you know that Budapest is actually two (laughs) cities? They always have to throw that in too. This stars two up and coming actors named Robert De Niro and uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Don't know if you've heard of them, but- Let's take a quick listen. You know, you got you got nice color skin. What color would you say that is? My color. Oh, Sage. They have the worst land possible. But they outsmart everybody. The land had oil on it. Black gold. Money flows freely here now. I do love that money, sir. (laughs) (laughs) That sound of cars coming through town is uh, that once they struck oil, the Osage people got really, really wealthy. This is a true story. You guys know anything about this story? Nope. Do not, no. So the Osage, like uh, you heard Robert De Niro there, that was his voice talking about how they had the worst land ever, thanks to the U.S. government, (laughs) uh, stuck them on the worst land and turned out it was pretty damn good land because there was oil on that land. And they all got what was called a head right. So each person got their quote head right. And immediately a bunch of people stepped forward to help them manage it because they weren't capable of managing it themselves and uh, very helpful people doing that. And also a bunch of people came into town and all of a sudden thought the Osage were very beautiful people and they should get married to emoji. 
And then the Osage begin dying of mysterious circumstances and their spouses who married into the family ends up getting the head rights. Mm. It is, uh, it is quite a story. Cheryl read the book and really wanted to see it. Of course, when Martin Scorsese is doing a movie and you've got people like DiCaprio and De Niro in it, you're like, okay, take my money. But I got to tell you, it took us forever to go see this. Have you guys seen the running time on this thing? Well, I got to imagine it's a Scorsese, well, it's a Scorsese movie. movie. It's, gotta, it's a Scorsese movie. So it's be is it six hours? Three hours. Three hours and 20 minutes. Yeah, he doesn't do edits. Three hours in editing. and 20 minutes. Now, the good news is, and by the way, and we saw it in the theater. Is there a potty break? So, That's what I need to know. There isn't. That Somebody else asked that. There should be. It's going to be three hours and 20 minutes. <laughs> da, 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 Give me an intermission. Da, 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 da. We'll be right back <laughs> after these messages. Like right in the middle. You could turn it into like a seven part. Apple Films is behind this. You could have turned it into like an Apple Plus thing and made it seven episodes instead of one big long thing. Uh, yeah. So we, we, we went to the theater, stayed there for almost four hours after all the previews and stuff. The good news is it didn't feel like three hours and 20 minutes. It was a very well done movie. And by the way, not only do you realize halfway through the movie, you're like, we are seeing just not only a great director, we're seeing just phenomenal acting like Scorsese and DiCaprio are who they are, but many of many of the actors that surround them who you've never heard of, are just amazing are just, there's so much good acting in this. It is such a disgusting story. It just, you leave the theater and you feel so sick to your stomach. The The uh, police officer, one of the investigators, the dude from um, breaking bad, like the the cousin. Yeah. And you know, it's, yeah, I think so. Yeah. And well, what's funny is that guy in most things plays a bad guy, right? Yeah. Plays a quote, bad guy. And he's a quote, good guy. In this, so Cheryl was Cheryl even turned to me and goes, "Isn't it weird seeing him play like the the guy who's who's cleaning all this stuff up and is actually the good dude?" So weird, but a big thumb up. Assuming that you you can hang with it is going to pay handsomely. Cheryl even said we saw it a week ago, and Cheryl said uh, just yesterday goes, "I'm so happy we went and saw that movie." I know how we just kept looking at that running time, going, "I don't think so. I don't think so." but well worth it. The movie I really want to see that just came out this last weekend was Napoleon. I really want to go see the new Napoleon movie. That looks good too. I've seen three, three movies on planes in the last uh, four weeks back to a little bit of travel. So we can do mine next time. Oh yeah. Let's tackle those on Wednesday. That's going to do it for the back porch. Uh, Last thing we got before we say goodbye is if you are here not to talk about Scorsese movies or movies on planes, You're also not here just to talk about budgets or estate planning or insurances with Tiffany Aliche. You're here because you just need that foundation that uh, we've talked about all episode long, OG, Doug, Tiffany, and I. For that, OG and his team still taking clients here late in the year. Head to stackybedjamins.com slash OG and uh, let's get set up for a better 2024 if your 2023 didn't go the way you want. I love I love really OG Tiffany's messaging, which was, you know, you can't go back. You can't go back. You got to give yourself some grace. Just go, I am where I am. Let's just get it started. StackyBedjamins.com slash OG is the link to OG's team and setting up, uh, making your team better in the future. All right. That's it for today. Doug, I think we need a to-do list for today. What are maybe 
three things we should be doing because of uh, what we heard today. So what should we do with all of this goodness? Well, we got some to-do lists here for you. First, take some advice from Tiffany Aliche and get your estate plan done now. Like, pause this. Do it pronto. Second, think about your priorities. That Porsche, eh, maybe better to sell it and focus on having a house. Would you rather pretend you're rich or actually find true wealth? But the biggest to-do? How about a to-don't? Don't cut your own bangs, no matter how tempting it might be. But if you do, make sure you got a lot of hats and not a lot of plants. Just saying. Thanks to Tiffany Aliche for joining us today. You can find her new workbook, Made Whole, The Practical Guide to Reaching Your Financial Goals, wherever books are sold. We'll also include links in our show notes at stackingbenjamins.com. This show is the property of SB Podcasts, LLC, copyright 2023, and is created by Joe Salcihai. Our producer is Karen Repine. This show was written by Lisa Curry, who's also the host of the Long Story Long podcast, with help from me, Joe, and Doc G from the Earn and Invest podcast. Kevin Bailey helps us take a deeper dive into all the topics covered on each episode in our newsletter called The 201. You'll find the 411 on all things money at the 201. Just visit stackingbenjamins.com slash 201. Wonder how beautiful we all are? Of course, you'll never know if you don't check out our YouTube version of this show, engineered by Tina Eichenberg. Then you'll see once and for all that I'm the best thing going for this podcast. Once we bottle up all this goodness, we ship it to our engineer, the amazing Steve Stewart. Steve helps the rest of our team sound nearly as good as I do right now. Want to chat with friends about the show later? Mom's friend Gertrude and Kate Youngkin are our social media coordinators, and Gertrude is the room mother in our Facebook group called The Basement. Say hello when you see us posting online. To join all The Basement fun with other stackers, type stackingbenjamins.com basement. Not only should you not take advice from these nerds, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only. Before making any financial decisions, speak with a real financial advisor. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we'll see you next time back here at the Stacking Benjamin Show. going to make espresso well stackers the show might be over but the celebrations are just beginning because it is military appreciation month that i want to celebrate people like my brother-in-law eric who is such a giving person eric will do just anything for you and as a marine you can see that his time in the military taught him to be a guy who gives to his community gives to his family and is always there when you need them This Military Appreciation Month, Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate members like Eric who go above and beyond. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. Navy Federal's employees are part of the community they serve. Many of them are military family members, reservists, or veterans, and all branches of the military, veterans, DOD, employees, and their families are eligible for Navy Federal membership. In fact, there are so many resources on the Navy Federal website, resources like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life 
and best careers for military spouses to support military families. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate and you'll see all of their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.